Today we have a man who coached state champion basketball teams. He was assistant superintendent of schools. He's made his living as a professional speaker. He's a deer hunter, an elk hunter, a wild bear hunter. He's a deacon in the Catholic Church, and he's my father, Deacon Greg Wozniak, and I am so happy to have my father on the show today. Uh, he's uh, going to be sharing with us how he went deeper with God, how he came to a place in his life where he wanted more of God, and how he sought God and how God pursued him. And we're going to learn how finally he realized that God is just welcoming us all to a come-as-you-are party, that no one is worthy to be received by him in his courts. But because of the death of his son, the death and resurrection of his son, the death, resurrection, and ascension of God's son, we are welcome to come to Jesus just as we are. It was when someone said to him that you are not worthy, but that this is a come-as-you-are party, that finally all the walls fell down, and Dad was able to really lay his life down to the Lord and give all that he had to the Lord. And wow, did God take him seriously. When you give your life to the Lord, watch out because amazing things can happen. There's, gonna, there's, there's challenges, there's, there's valleys, there's mountains, there's deserts, but what a ride. And so we're going to get to share with uh, Greg Wozniak, my father, and how he's walked with the Lord uh, so deeply in his life. Aloha. From the sandy beaches of Hawaii comes a wave of God's love and the challenge to go deeper. Paddle out with us and experience the thrills of the radical plan God has for your life. It's Deep Adventure Radio with your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. But before we get into that interview with Greg Wozniak, I wanted to introduce us to a lot of our new listeners out there. We're on over 300 radio stations on the EWT and network now. That means millions of people are listening to this show. But you can also listen to it on any podcast app that's out there. We're on the iTunes podcast app. Just We're on about a half a dozen of them. You can go to our website, deepadventure.com, and listen to our archived shows there. And you can also share them with your friends. You know, people say, I got to get my son, I got to get my husband to listen to the show. Well, you can go there. You can just click and, and share it on social media or, or email it to someone that you love, someone who that w- would not normally even listen to a Christian radio show will love this show. And you can also go there to order my book, Deep in, Deep in the Wave, A Surfing Guide to the Soul. It's number one in the surfing genre right now, but it's actually a beautiful Christian testimony. It starts out with a lot of adventure. The first chapter, it talks about my son Jeremiah dropping into 70-foot waves. So you can imagine it starts from there and just gets stronger. So go to our website, deepadventure.com. But I met a beautiful woman the other day, Joanna O'Keefe, at the Holy Name of Jesus Catholic Church book signing. She's a poet and an uh, inspirational speaker, and she's written a beautiful song called America at the Crossroads, and I felt we had to have it on uh, during this time of Fourth of July. So I'm going to have Joanna O'Keefe introduce her song, America at the Crossroads, and we'll be right back after the song with more of Deep Adventure Radio. The song calls for unity, which I believe is critical to America's survival in a world torn apart. Americans must choose to stand together or risk losing all. Please visit JoannaO'Keefe.com. We the people are on opposite sides. We've lost sight of the middle where resolutions reside. If Jefferson 
Were he right now, he'd pick up his pen On parchment he'd write Be patriots again Look into the eyes Of your sisters and brothers Be Americans Respecting one another No outside force Will ever take this land But a house divided Cannot stand Let us come together One mind, one heart A nation united In a world torn apart We need each other Now more than ever So let's all join hands America At the crossroads For this land of the free Be Americans Embrace your destiny Be that city on a hill Be that light Lay down your anger Americans To learn more about America at the Crossroads and my work, please visit JoannaO'Keefe.com. Deep Adventure Radio, the bold standard in radio. The EWTN Radio Network, broadcasting to the world. EWTN, I don't know what we would do without it. God bless you all. We now have social media platforms available for you as well. Stay in touch with us on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. We're here for you 24-7. We're the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. 
This is Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, and you're listening to Deep Adventure Radio with the one and only Bear Watson. Aloha, this is Bear Wozniak with Deep Adventure Radio. And a lot of people wonder, what in the world went wrong with me? Why am I so strange? Why am I doing, following all these great adventures in my life and then all these crazy things? Well, it's because I'm a product of my father. And today, we have a deacon in the Catholic Church. My father, Greg Wozniak, is with us. He's been an adventurer ever since I've known him. I remember when I was a little kid, we would go out hunting. I'd be sitting in the tree with him, freezing cold as the sun would set. And uh, my father has been adventurous. He's built homes. He likes to build homes, I guess. He had a home in the Northwoods of Minnesota. He had a home in Hawaii. And uh, the most adventurous place he lived was Montana. I actually had a cabin that I built up in that area, too. And so uh, my dad, uh, when I was little, told me the story of a man who had written down, I think, 100 things that he had wanted to do in his life. And that inspired me to start writing down what I wanted to do. And... Uh, and you know what? My list keeps getting longer, uh, and I've been trying to catch up with my dad. And so welcome to Deep Adventure Radio, Dad. Thank you for inviting me. I appreciate it, Bear. Yeah, so we're going to find out what made Bear Wozniak go bad. So, you know, but one of, the, you know, one of the things about you, besides you being a professional speaker and, you know, winning state championships as a basketball coach and assistant superintendent of schools, all those things are like, what? He did this, and then he did that. They're so different. But you were an outdoorsman. I remember you used to trap, you fished, you hunted, you had an ice fishing house. But I, there's one story that sticks in my mind, and that was the running you had with the bear up in Montana. Do you remember that story? Oh, boy, do I ever. I really do. I, uh, I, I shot an elk that evening, and I couldn't find it. Came back in the morning looking for it. And when I came back, there was a bear sitting on the carcass. I didn't have a rifle. I snuck back quietly to the pickup and got my rifle and then came forward and the bear didn't want anything to do with me. He wanted that carcass for himself. And so he threatened my life. I had no option. I don't like to kill ruthlessly, but when I was threatened, I had to. And so I did take that bear. But uh, I was still shaking a little while afterwards because that was close. I was deep in the woods and all alone. And what happened? How do you mean he threatened you? He come down growling and started to make a false start. They come charging a few feet and then they stop and they start again. I didn't know if he's going to be real or have false starts, but I didn't want to be in that deep woods alone. All right. So, uh, so, and we've been out in the wild together a, a little oh, bit. Have we ever? Yeah. So, uh, and that's kind of the when we talk about the most radical thing you can do in life is abandon yourself to the wild adventure of God's will. I think about you know times like that with my dad, and uh, so you know in in that environment, I remember once there was a grizzly bear that went into someone's uh, house there, uh, not house. They had they killed two elk and they had field dressed them and they were hanging in their big oversized garage. They're really big, so they could hang their their kill yeah, there. Yeah. Do you remember that? And the, and the grizzly bear knocked down that door and went in and took one of those elk. It did, yes. Yeah, the grizzly actually went through the. They were camping in the trailer. It actually went through that window in the, in the trailer and ripped things up and uh, tore all the food out of the refrigerator. They're a vicious animal. Yeah, they're they're Ursus horribilis. Uh, they have the same mystique as uh, as the the tiger sharks do in Hawaii. And I remember they had to trap that bear then, and they took it like 50 miles away down to Columbia Falls. We were up on the North Fork of the 
of that, the Flathead River right on the edge of Glacier Park, four miles from Canada. And I just remember like two days later, that bear came back and got the other elk. So it's pretty, pretty powerful animals. And, uh, you know, you don't, when you, I remember when we used to walk out there, we used to use bells and you used to call them dinner bells, right? Oh yeah. One alert would have them go away and never went anywhere without pepper spray. Uh, you, they, they're just uh, hardly difficult if you were to shoot them. They just bounces off their thick skull. So that was my, uh, my pro uh, protection was pepper spray. Right, because at least, because uh, you, you can shoot them and just make them mad, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Well, you were fortunate to bring that bear down when he, when he was charging you. I remember, you know, I, I remember when I was a little kid up in the bedroom of, of your house that you were raised in. And I remember there was still an outhouse. There was no indoor plumbing yet. Right. And you were such a great dad because I remember you would start telling us the stories of Lewis and Clark. And you had taken us down to the Mandan Village in Bismarck. This is a North Dakota boy here, guys. Yeah. And, uh, and it was just so real because they still lived just like they did in the days of Lewis and Clark. And you said, used to tell us their great adventures. And I remember reading their journals. And they had been told by the Sioux Indians that there was this type of bear that they had never, never come across before. Ursus Horribilis is where I read that was in their, was in their journals. And they go, oh, come on, we've got our long rifles. There's no, nothing's going to bother us. And they went in there, and they got in towards closer to Montana or in, deep into Montana, and they came across their first grizzly. And it charged them, and they shot it, brought it down with one bullet. So they're like, ah, oh, no problem. No problem. We can handle these grizzlies. Ten days later, another grizzly. And they emptied their rifles into this thing, and nothing stopped it. So you're saying the key to that was pepper spray. <laughs> right. Yeah, because a bullet will make them mad. <laughs> right. So, um, okay, let's stop for a little second here. We're going to stop here, sure. But one of the things you learn when you're out in the wilderness is like that is you have to be prepared. Oh, boy, do you ever. Anyone that's not prepared in the wilderness is not very wise. I mean, you've got to go and you've got to keep track of where you are and what direction you're in, how to get back out of that woods and not get caught in there at night because it gets into freezing. But it's very much like being prepared for the Lord. You have to be prepared. You have to be thinking of him. You need to pray. You need to be in touch with him. And most of all, you have to trust in Jesus. And um, I did. How often I would almost get lost and I would just stop and pray and say, Lord, you've got to help me out of here. You have the worst sense of direction of any oh, guy I know. Oh, my, oh, my, <laughs> do I ever. I know up and down and from after that, I don't know east from west. But, you know, Montana, there's mountains and then there's that the, the clouds would roll in sometimes. And I remember one time we were hunting and you were up in the hills and a bunch of us were down in the valley kind of walking through the woods. And I remember walking and kind of feeling like my compass, I couldn't really believe my compass. I didn't think my compass was right and the snow came in. So I didn't know where the sun was. I didn't know which way was east, north, or west. And I was walking along and then I came across some fresh tracks. And I thought, well, this guy knows where he's going. Maybe I'll just follow these tracks because, you know, he seems to be very deliberate in his path. Yeah, okay, I'll just kind of follow these tracks because sooner or later I'm going to get back to civilization. And I discovered it was my own tracks. Mm -hmm. So how often in our spiritual life, you know, people uh, want to have a true north. They want to uh, follow follow uh, a, a good direction, and they're just listening to their own minds. They're just following their own internal compass, and they're not listening. They're not attentive to the Holy Spirit and to His Word. 
Yeah, and sometimes we, we pray, and we pray methodically. We pray out of obligation, maybe out of habit. But we don't involve ourselves with the word to really listen to what God is saying to us, what Jesus was telling us, and we miss it all. It's not, it's not some just rehearsal. It's life. It is really life in Jesus that we need to be attentive to. And, uh, oh, he's got so much to tell us and so rich and uh, just overwhelming. And we need to find that in Scripture. Oh, absolutely, yes. And uh, the Scripture and other uh, good uh, readings of, of early fathers and on and on. And you, and you have a habit as you... you it's your fault that I love the Liturgy of the Hours. Well, you pray that throughout the day, right? Well, I do. Of course, uh, uh, morning and noon and evening, and sometimes in between, just some little prayer time with it. But that is so elevating when you think that people are thousands of people, millions probably, millions throughout the whole world who are praying those same prayers in, in reverence and in, and in. Uh, glory to God and how much power is there in it? We have no idea how much our prayers have influenced the world. It, we have no idea. All we know is that we've got to pray to, uh, to God and be faithful and pray for the world and for all everything around and families. Always, always, always. And that's where love is, is in that prayer for others. That, you know, that's, men like to work. Men yeah. like to find a sense of, 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 uh, of meaning, and men uh, find that in their work. It's the way we're wired. Well, yeah. liturgy means the work of okay. the people. Yes. So if you're a man, do the work. And the, and, and the way you work for your family is you pray for them. But men sometimes have a difficult time, you know, pray, okay, well, what does that mean? If you pray the liturgy, the hours, as you're praying maybe the noontime prayer, You'll be praying along, and, and, and you're going to be understanding God's heart and understanding God's word because you're praying his words. Amen. And then at some point, there's kind of that stepping off point where you, you're praying the psalm, and then that this inclination to pray about someone or something comes into your heart. Yes. And then you go there, and you begin yes. to intercede, right? Oh, absolutely. Just being very responsive <clears throat> to the prompting of the Spirit. And sometimes um, I'll get a person in particular to pray for, and I'll interrupt my hours and just go to pray for them. I don't know what their needs are. But I just ask God to bless them and to grant them every good thing. Right, because we don't always know, but the Holy Spirit uh, uses us. And so that's a great example. If you're out in the mountains and it turns snowy and you think you've found this perfect path and okay. you're going to follow this path and, and you realize you've come in a full circle and you've been following your own a path, and you start, if you fight in your life, you're going in circles. Oh, yeah. It's probably because you're not being attentive to the Lord's will. God gave us a perfect guidebook. He gave us a user's manual in the Bible. He gave us a compass in the Bible. And the thing about the Liturgy of the Hours is you're reading scriptures throughout the day. And when you have a compass, you've got to kind of check in on it yeah. often. And that's where, that's where we go with the Lord. But go ahead. Yeah, but when we talk about a compass, we say there's four points to the compass. No, there's five. There's north, south, east, west, and the most important compass is where am I now? And that's where it begins. Who am I? Where am I? Everything else is uh, important, but that's the, that's the question. Who am I in God, in Christ? Am I preparing myself for eternal life? Is that a reality to me, or is this a talk and passes over? Let me tell you one thing, it is real. And it's always been real to me. And when I lost my wife a year ago, 
oh, that came home so strongly because of the way she went in pain and so on. But she went in, but in her last three oh, breaths, yes, it was glory. And, um, there was an eagle that flew right up to the window where she was and fluttered and just fluttered right at her about six o'clock in the morning. And then it flew away and she went, oh, oh, three different times. And then she passed away. And that just so, that's final. My good people, it's final. And that's what we need to be preparing there, for. Every one of us have an, an appointment with death. Amen. And life is e after that is eternal. Isn't it amazing? I'll be with her forever and ever. Right. Right. Wow. And, you know, the, the thing about the eagle that's important to my mother and father is that when my dad was ordained a deacon, the song they used was uh, Wind Beneath My Wings. Yeah. And on, his, on your property, what, what did you have there? Because you, you used to give retreats to the presidents of companies. Yes, uh, from Isaiah. They, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They will rise up as on wings of eagles. They shall walk and not grow tired. They shall run and not be weary. And that was a, 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 a saying. We had a big board, uh, Mullison entrance to our lake home. And there we entertained. It was a big, the, in big letters as you yeah. drove through these, yeah. as you drove through these, these winding woods, there would be uh, eagles flying, you know, cut yeah, out of wood to show yeah, you what directions yeah. to take through their woods. There was no GPS back yeah, then. Right. And that was what was at your entrance yeah. was this, cool. this, this uh, saying, those that wait upon the Lord yeah. shall renew the strength. So when, when that bald eagle flew right by mom's hospital room, I had just opened the window too. I just opened the curtain yeah. and mom had been in a coma. And when she said, and then you could just see her, 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 her and she'd been suffering so much and then you could just see her countenance change like there was a glow about her yeah. and then she said oh 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 like you knew she was seeing the yes, father the yes, son and the yes. holy spirit and she went uh and, and then bear your your mother who was 80 her face began to change and she had the countenance and the appearance of about a 30 years old it was she true. was so strong in the face and so uh, such a uh, um Wind under my wings, always, always there in support. Oh, my. Beautiful. There was a joy in my mother, and I remember that she wrote a little book. Uh, I remember she called me and said, the Lord inspired me to write this book. Uh, it's only about 30 pages, I think, uh, and it's full of great wisdom. Oh. And, uh, and, what was any, and she gave instructions for each of her children right. and grandchildren to read it uh, on their birthdays. And then she suffered a stroke. Like within just months, she had this massive stroke. And so she couldn't have ever written that after that. And she had difficulty speaking. But what we know, but what she had for those 20 years or so was just this tremendous yeah. happiness and joy of the Lord. But yeah. I, want, I want to talk with you a little bit about how, how, does, how does a Greg Wozniak, uh, a boy uh, from a mining town in North Dakota, who used to stuff newspapers in your clothes to keep warm. Oh, yeah. You told, you know, how does the Lord uh, direct your, the paths of someone like that? I think you actually even said that there was a time when you used to have this kind of, you used to preach or, or yeah. talk oh, back boy. in behind the, what was that about when you yeah, were a kid? Well, um, the North Dakota boy and going to college, I worked myself through. I graduated in three years with some honors. And, but what was uh, this I about was, when you were a kid? Yeah, well, when I was a kid, uh, the Lord just had a desire for me. And I think about, I was a ninth, born to a poor family. My dad was an underground coal miner, a small mine, got caught in a mine cave-in. And uh, there, I was six, seven years old, five years old. 
And I'd love to go up behind our little barn and, and, and preach. I would give the best sermons that ever heard in your life. And it's such a prompting to serve him in that way. Always that was alive. You, in my you saw life. yourself as a, as a speaker and as a, as a preacher when you were just yeah, a little kid. And yeah. you were a little Ukrainian kid. A little Ukrainian And you boy. know, that, that your, your, your family had great heartache because they had fled the Ukraine because of, uh, was it Stalin? Yeah, yes. That was uh, killing yeah, right. so many Ukrainians. I think, how many? Six million oh, yeah. uh, they Ukrainians. Left them, they left them dying. And that's never been told. That's never been told. Well, they took away the... Oh, I think people are aware of it now. No. Oh, yeah. How they died in the streets. The Russians took their, their wheat, their food. They took their seed. Yeah. And they didn't yeah. just take the, the wheat. They took their uh, seeds for the next uh, planting. Yeah, and so one of my great heroes is my grandfather. Uh, we uh, Ukrainian Catholic Church. We didn't always have a priest, but every noon he would go to the church and ring the Angelus. you and he'd say, Gregory, come on with me. And I would go with him, and they had a bell rope upstairs to ride. he said, hang on, and I'd hang on. You'd ride that rope. Oh. <laughs> now, that is a beautiful story. So oh. here's a young boy. His grandfather loved the Lord, because I remember going to those, oh, those masses. And, he, and he's ringing the Angelus. And you're riding that rope, and it's a thrill, and it's an adventure. And so, man, Amen. we're about to take a break here, but, man, think about that. As you invite your family into the Liturgy of the Hours, or as you invite your family into your devotion and your prayer, they're going to have the ride of their life, too. And they're going to be, and because as you, as you abandon yourself to God's will, when you hear more of my father's story, you're going to see that when you abandon yourself to God's will, you're in an adventure. We're going to be right back with my father, Deacon Greg Wozniak, and more about uh, the adventure of his life and the adventurous walk that he's had serving the Lord. We'll be right back with more Deep Adventure Radio. International Deep Adventure Radio. The EWTN Radio Network, broadcasting to the world. EWTN, I don't know what we would do without it. God bless you all. We now have social media platforms available for you as well. Stay in touch with us on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. We're here for you 24-7. We're the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Deep Virtue with Bear Wozniak. Aloha, this is Bear Wozniak coming to you from Waikiki Beach with another Deep Virtue segment. Uh, I'm also the author of a best-selling book called Deep in the Wave, A Surfing Guide to the Soul. Uh, it's a book that's full of adventure, uh, surfing and otherwise, as well as uh, just the call to abandon ourselves to the wildness of the adventure of God's will. It's a great book to give to people who wouldn't normally pick up a book about the Bible. And of course, it's available on Nook and Kindle and Audible, so I'd love for you to check out that book. Last week, I was on the set of Hawaii Five-0. I got to guest star on one of their episodes, and I played the role of a captain. We had uh, like six boats out there filming this, and one of the uh, co-stars, a young girl, was seasick. And she kept looking down and going inside the cabin and being knocked around. She really wasn't going to do too well. And the rest of the crew really didn't seem to know how to handle it. So I told her, you need to come out on the boat and look to the horizon. Look, look beyond, uh, look to the furthest horizon, and then you won't get so seasick. And this is kind of what happens in our lives. I think sometimes when we deal with uh, problems in our lives, we start focusing on the problems instead of on the horizon. I love that, that scene uh, in Pirates of the Caribbean where... Uh, Jack Sparrow says at the very end, now bring me that horizon. We need to look to the horizon. When Peter got out of the boat and started walking, he was doing fine until he looked around and saw he was walking on water. When he kept his eyes on Jesus, who is the answer to everything in our lives, he was fine. But when he started looking around, you go, oh my gosh, he started to sink. I can just hear Jesus saying, how you doing, Peter? And he probably said, well, pretty good. 
under the circumstances, Jesus probably said, well, what are you doing under there? So we don't want to be under our circumstances. We don't want to focus on our problems. What we want to do is focus on our solution and give praise and glory to Jesus in all things and ask him for his wisdom and for his help and his guidance. This is Bear Wozniak with DeepAdventureMinistries.com. Aloha. Deep Virtue with Bear Wozniak. Find out more at DeepAdventure.com. Deep Adventure Radio, going deeper into the heart of God. Aloha, this is Bear Wozniak. Welcome back to Deep Adventure Radio. Today we have as my guest, one of the, my personal adventure guide, my father, Deacon Greg Wozniak. He's a deacon in the Catholic Church. Uh, he's been the one that inspired me. I remember so many times uh, I would have these dreams and things that I wanted to do, and people would kind of look at me strange, and, and you would just say, he's got he's to do it. He's got to follow his dreams. And that got me out of the box, you know, a, a long time ago. And so, so I'm so glad to have you here as our adventure guide today. And one of the things I want, I want to start, let's talk about this. A little Ukrainian kid in a coal mining town in North Dakota uh, gets his college degree, gets his master's degree, moves to California, becomes an assistant principal, and then a principal, and then becomes assistant superintendent of one of the largest school districts in California. A lot of responsibility, still very young, four children. But you still had this sense of you hadn't really had that you desired a personal experience of God. Oh yeah, always faithful, always to mass, prayer time, but there was just something that was not complete. And I was in, uh, I remember very well, I was in Sacramento working uh, for the State Department of Education doing some evaluation work. And I went to my hotel and for some reason I just went blank for a while and I said all of a sudden, Lord, where are you? I look for you. I wait for you. I call on you. Where are you? I don't know what's going on. I want to know you. I want to be you. And uh, otherwise, I just have to give up. Come, Lord Jesus, and help me. And he did. I remember you actually said to him, I give up. If you want me, come get me. Exactly. Exactly. But it wasn't answered right away, was it? No, it Isn't wasn't. Isn't it interesting how God is silent sometimes? And that silence is an invitation because there's a promise from God in your heart. The reason why you desire him or even wonder about him is because he put that in you. That very feeling in you uh, of wanting or wanting of wonder, wanting to know God better, is actually God's invitation to you to come closer. But this is his words. If you seek me, I will let you find me. And then he says this. If you seek me with all you, your heart... I will let you find me. So there's kind of this God awaiting us to seek him out. You know, when you're a hunter, Dad, you know, when you're looking for that elusive deer, I think sometimes the Holy Spirit's like that. You have to wait. You wait right on the edge of the woods for them to kind of step out into the field. And you have to wait. You have to be patient. But it's, it's, it's worth it. The pursuit of intimacy with God is worth it. So, what, so right away after that, did you experience God's presence, or was it a couple years later, or what happened? Well, it was sort of a, it was sort of a, a, a quiet time, and I, I did feel his presence, but the real presence I got was we moved to Waco, Texas, and I was the vice president of a corporation. And uh, during that time, the charismatic renewal was alive. So and, this was in the early 70s. Oh, yeah, and... Uh, my wife went to a prayer meeting, and she came back just glowing. She said, you have to come. And I said, no, I don't think so. Well, you weren't very sociable then. The reason why is because your whole life was motivating people and working with people and helping yeah. people. And when you would come home, you'd be exhausted. You didn't have anything to give to anyone. Yeah. 
So I went with her, and oh, the, the people there were so, in such joy in the Lord, such praise. And Bob Schwartz, Charles DeBono. Yes, 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 yes. And um, I thought, well, and they'd raise their hands. They'd lift their hands and praise. What? And I'm not going to do that, but I put my hand in my suit pocket and curled my fingers. Kind so of. you were like a wannabe, right? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Anyway, after that prayer meeting, Charles Dubois, uh said, uh, you know, you, can, we should come and pray for you. And I said, yeah, but I'll tell you when. I said, if, if, if this is to invite Jesus really into my heart, I got to go to confession. I have to purify myself. You wouldn't have the president come to your home unless it was clean. How can I have Jesus come to me when I'm not, when I'm such a sinner? He said, this is a come as you are party. And I said, come on. And they came and prayed for me, and my... I was there. Oh, my life changed. The Holy Spirit fell on me. I realized who he was. I was awake in the Lord, energized, wanted to serve him just every which way. And then reading scripture was so alive, so alive. I'd be reading, I'd go, wow, listen to this. I remember walking into the house after that, and I was there. I was one of the people that prayed over you because I had had that same experience just a week before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember um, coming into the house, and you would always be sitting in your easy chair, and the Bible's open, and you got a highlighter pen out, and you'd just be sitting over there, and then I'd hear you go, Oh, wow. You know, like a, that was the big hippie statement oh, back then was, wow. wow. Yeah, and, like, and, and yeah, the, just go ahead, share, share with us. Well, it was just so exciting. Everything was new. Everything was new in the Lord. Everything was fresh. Everything was alive. Everything was real. And I really knew his presence. And uh, I don't know how else I can say it. Well, you know, those were the Wild West days in a oh. sense. Because, you know, if you knew the Lord, if you had had that experience of, of the infusion of God's grace like that for more than six weeks, you were already a senior citizen in, the, in, the, in God's army. I mean, I remember oh. we were... We were thrown into the leadership of a prayer group after, I think, being uh, with them for only a few months. Yeah. Remember? Yeah, and I remember I'd go into a, into a, a, a meeting with the other vice presidents and so on. And uh, they'd be talking and using very not very good language. And I'd walk in and everything would quiet. They would stop that. Or if they started to do something that I thought was not right, I would say, no, you can't. Oh, there he goes again. I was speaking for the Lord, how I sought him, how I was was so, uh, not bold, just had to speak for him. Amen to that. Oh, that's awesome. And so, and so you became actually the leader of the New Heart community. Yeah. I, was on yeah. the, I was on the leadership there too, just a yeah. kid in college. But uh, God kind of, this is a lesson for all of us that you are leading someone whether you know it or not. Exactly. You may be leading in the wrong way. Uh, but your children are watching you. Uh, people in your life, like these guys at, at the corporation you were at, they were watching you. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and, they, and, and there wasn't that. And, you know, I, I remember once walking into my uh, college uh, a house. Four of us guys lived in this house together. And I walked in, and this guy got mad at me. And he goes, you're always preaching at me. You've got to stop preaching at me. You, you think you're better than me. And I just remember looking at him and saying, when did I ever preach to you? I'd never said a word to him about Jesus, <laughs> but just my life annoyed him so much, you know, but in, in a sense, it probably caused him to go, to a challenge him to go deeper. And you didn't preach to these guys. It was just, there was just the sense of the, the presence of the Lord. There. The persona of Christ. Yeah. I remember going into, because we were doing this, you and I were just a week apart in this brand new experience. I remember going into the college campuses and 
woe to you if you were sitting alone in the cafeteria because I was going to get my tray and I was going to plant it across from you and you were going to, you were going to uh, experience uh, the present. You were going to learn about how God wants you to know him. I just figured, doesn't everybody want to know Jesus? Wouldn't you? <laughs> and so then, so then you uh, left that company and went full-time as a professional speaker. And a consultant. I consulted in the training uh... Uh, executive training to large corporations, a lot, many, many, many of them, and um, I was I was called into some many difficult situations in terms of uh, uh, company disagreements, and, uh, and primarily I wanted also motivational speaking, and the Lord really anointed me and blessed me. I would always uh, before I would speak, I would go in there the night before or in the morning. And ask the Lord to cleanse that room. Lord, I come against anything in this room that was not of you. And please, Lord, let you speak through me that this would be meaningful to those who come. And he would anoint me. And while I was being introduced, I was off on the sideline praying, Lord, please, for you, Lord, this is for you. And he would. And it was not unusual to get two or three standing ovations. Right. I, I, I was there. And it was just, a, it was very much an anointed yes. experience. And I think it got to the point where people didn't see Greg Wozniak. They were just experiencing you know, the word of the yeah, Holy Spirit. Yeah. But you and I have some, something in common, too. Uh, when you were about, what were you, about 55, you wrote a book. Yeah. 54, 55. And it was called, it's called, by the way, it's still, it's still, it's a new printing of it. To Climb the Highest Mountain yes. by Greg Wozniak. It's available on Amazon. Uh, and it, also in there, there's the message of love that, that my mother wrote, Maurice Wozniak wrote, but you can get this on Amazon. What's so cool about this is when I wrote my book, I was the same age. Uh -huh. And so tell us a little bit about this book and the content of this book, uh, some of the chapters of this book. Just give us a little bit of a sense of it because this is such a uh, pivotal book. It became very popular... Uh, people would read. Oh, yes. It's a life-changing book. So give us just a couple yeah. examples of, of some of the insights from this book. Yes, well, the, the whole message was that we need to be uh, aware of the gifts of Jesus, all of what he has given us, that we need to believe in ourselves as well. And uh, so it was a, a really... Uh, I was going to write a business book, and I thought, no, I'm going to write a book that might help people to live their lives better, uh, to move along, and to be better people. And so that's what I did, and that's what it became. But um, they were buying it. Some companies were buying two and 300 to give to their employees and, and schools. And so it, that's what it was. Well, I think you, you had this message that is, you know, Jesus said, I come that you might have life and have it abundantly. And that doesn't mean just in the hereafter. Yeah. And I think one of the problems that we all have is we kind of get stuck in this box. And I've, I've always said that God is calling common people to do uncommon things. God's given you gifts. He's given you desires. And He's given you, and, and you, what your job is is to really discern His yes. will and follow. You, you had, so many people were challenged by you to get out of the box and set some goals. Yes. And, you know, you would, take, you would say the difference between a dream and a goal is a goal is written down. Yeah. Write it down. Make a contract with yourself. Talk to us a little about that. Well, it's, uh, you know, it's all men dream, but not equally. For those who dream by night in the dusty recesses of their minds, wake in the day to find that it was only vanity. But those who dream by day are dangerous, for they act upon that dream to make it reality. And that was the essence of the book. I start by talking about the little third grader. Oh, my dad, he, he was the greatest. He could jump the highest 
uh, a rope. He could ride the fastest uh, plane. He could uh, ride the most buckingest horse in the whole world. He could climb the highest mountain. But most of all, my daddy just took out the garbage. And my point was that, yes, that's fine, but there's more to it that God expects for us to develop our potential. Because his dad could have done that, but yeah. he didn't. Right. Yeah, you know, and he gave it to one five, another, et cetera. And, and, uh, no, no, he, tell us. He gave to one five, what are you referring to? Uh, in, in, in the scriptures. Yes. He gave to one five and another two. And, uh, the talents. One, uh, talents. And when they came back, the one that had two said, I have two, I give it back to you. And, he said, and the other one said, I have five, I doubled it. And Jesus said, because you were good with what I gave you, I will give you even more. I will double it. But you, who did nothing with it, I take that away from you. Jesus says again and again, you need to grow and be who I put, I gave you to be. Does that mean when you become a Christian, you have to do stuff you don't want? In other words, people think when they give their life to the Lord that all of a sudden they got to be something they're not. But really what he's saying is, I've given you these gifts. That's I've given right. you these yeah. talents yeah. To, to, um, to, to grow and to uh, multiply, you know, and to exactly. be used for yes. my kingdom. Yes, and so much so. And so that's, uh, that was the essence of the book. And then my wife has an attachment. She said more in those few pages probably than I did. But, uh, and I was talking about the, the fact that you need to set goals. Uh, you know, success is a, a progressive realization of your own personal predetermined worthwhile goals. And success doesn't happen when you reach the goal. Success is a progressive thing. And uh, In other words, it's a journey. It's absolutely. Something that you have to grow journey. into. Yeah, you know, and someone going to, through school or college, they don't have success when they get their diploma. It's every time you do your assignment, every time you do as expected of you. So every step you take in that direction is a measure of success, and you should re recognize that. Absolutely. And one of the things that we know is the Bible talks about success in a couple places, and both times that it's spoken of, it says these words. Those who medita meditate on the word of the Lord, success will attend all that we do. Yeah. If you read the word, you're going to see some bold people in there, men of action, uh, oh, women boy. of action, women of vision, uh, women who are uh, humble, men that were humble, but men that were bold, people that were bold and stepped out in faith. You think of Joshua you know, uh, and Caleb going to the promised land. Yes, yeah. So uh, being a Christian isn't saying, oh, i got to kind of sublimate who I am as a person. It's no, really God no. making you fully alive. Exactly. Yeah. Go with that, Dad. Yeah, he, he wants you to, to develop that potential. He's given us so much, and we just let it sit there and, uh, and uh, not really uh, activate it, not have it to grow. Get out of the box. You know, it's, it's, it's spring here, and I, when I drove up a few days ago, I'm up in Minneapolis at the moment. I drove up here, and when I got here, there was no leaves on any trees. Yeah. And I told you when I got here three days ago, by the time I leave in four yeah. days, there's gonna, everything's going to be in full blossom. And look at outside right now. And full life. Yeah. Right. So, so Jesus loves you, and he gave us this earth. The earth is good, and who you are as a person is good. And to, uh, to in this life, to pursue, um, to pursue um, excellence is good. But it's not, it's, we do not want to pursue vanity. What we want right. is to pursue God's will. I was with a friend of mine today, Marty Drinkwine, lives here. Uh, he's he's had a business uh, his whole life, and one of the things he's wondering is, should I step out of the box and go full time with this business? You know, and I know God's calling him to do it, and he knows God's calling him to do it, but will we will he do it? Yeah. That's the question. Uh, that's the difference. Mm -hmm. That's the point. 
that's the point of, of disembarkation. Yeah. You know, the common person, two people going down the same road and one taking a different path. Exactly. You know, and, the, that's, and it's not that you, it's not that you want to be, it is not that you want to see a vain pursuit. It's not that, that you want vain glory. And, it's, and success is not the corner office. It's not the bigger house. The success is abiding in, uh, the, in the thrill yes. of God's will. To re, to, to, I would define success as, as that journey towards intimacy with God. Really? That's excellent. That's right. So now let's talk about another little thing, another thing. So you're on this journey. You're a little boy preaching uh, to the chicken coop. Yeah, to, right. the, to the roosters, probably crowing louder, as loud as you, little kid uh, in a mining town in North Dakota. And then you have this, been raised by, I remember your mother praying the rosary constantly. Yes. And, uh, and I think that in some sense, because of the great persecution of the Ukrainians, that their great blessing rose up mm-hmm. uh, in your family too. And then you go to, way to college, and, that, and then you become assistant superintendent of schools. You challenge the Lord to come find you. He grabbed you. The hound of heaven pursued you, even to Texas, of all places. And you had this great experience of the infusion of God's grace. You became a leader in the charismatic renewal. You abandoned your, your career as a vice president of a big corporation and became a full-time professional speaker. And you go, okay, this is good. I've, I'm, this is exactly what I want to be. This is what I want to do. And then something happened. You were in, you were in mass, and you felt uh, a call from the Lord. What was that about? Well, it was just so beautiful. You know, there that, the diaconate program was just starting, and uh, our priest would come and say, Greg, you need to be a deacon. And I said, I really can't. I'm flying every week. I'm, uh, I hit uh, New York, uh, Miami, Dallas, and home, and the next week I might be L.A. and Portland. And I just said, yeah, do it, Father. But then it happened that um, going to morning mass, uh, I would start to tear up. When Father lifted the cup, the blood of Christ, I would tear up and choke up every mass, one after the other. And I said, Maurice, I don't know what this is about. And then one Sunday morning mass, when he raised that cup, I lost it. And I said, Father, what are you telling me? What are you asking of me? What am I to do? And as clearly as I could say it, he said, I want you to serve me on the altar as a deacon. Okay, so I checked it out, and the class was already forming, but they made an exception. And a lot to go through to be qualified. A lot of interviews, they want to be sure of your character, and they accepted well, me. Well, we know you're a character. Well, yeah. <laughs> so they accepted me, and so began my training. To and they accepted deacon. your wife as well, in oh, a yes. sense. Because they, they attend a, 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 all of the training with you, and, and it was one sad thing is that I get all supposed glory or the anointing, and they sit in the pew and watch, and you know, and uh, and that's not right. That's not the way it really is, is it at all? <laughs> but that's how it is. But it was just such a beautiful time to learn. But uh, it isn't how it is because my, oh, my mother, my mom, was fully participating in your ministry. I mean, and and oh, uh, yeah. right there by your side, and also had a great teaching gift herself. Of herself, mm-hmm. oh my, did she ever indeed? So that anointing flows over you and I think to your whole family. I, I, I think so. I know so. Yes. And, but so, can, I, can I, let me tell you this, Dad. During the time of the diaconate formation, you grew in knowledge oh my. and you grew in wisdom. But the most dramatic thing I saw in you is you grew in humility. There was a change. Yes, you know, Barry, that was really something because all the while, uh, often I would say, Lord, am I doing this 
for ego reasons so I can stand on the altar and look at me? Or am I doing it for you, Lord? And I prayed that time and time again. I wanted to be so sure that I was doing this for God, for Jesus, not for me. And the message was very clear. You come and serve me like I asked. But there was a purge in you. I I witnessed a transformation in you. A great part of the diaconate program is just spiritual formation. And you were fortunate to know a man, I forget what his name was, who wrote the book. uh, Who was that? That Uh, Bushman, Doug Bushman. What was one of the couple, two or three things that you learned from him? Oh, I don't know where to begin. Um, the deep faith, and uh, I think a lot of it was that he was so uh, alert, uh, had so knowledge of the early fathers, the teaching of the church, the beginning of the Christian church, and he had such a strong history and belief as he uh, brought it forward, and that always impressed me. So, yeah, you know... Uh, the roots of the church, the basics, the foundation, the rock... Well, that explains something then, because, you know, I uh, got caught up in the charismatic renewal and, and just wanted to go deeper and deeper with God, and I drifted off into uh, the non-denominational world. And then you uh, used to send me, you gave me that book, the red book, The Liturgy of the Hours, yeah. and you'd give me those little, every year you had to get a new thing that told you what to read that year, and we had to switch ribbons around and all that sort of thing, and I'd read that. But then there came a time, I think, uh, and I had come back to the church. I went to receive the Eucharist, but I really still wasn't like that. I just wasn't getting deeper. And then one day you sent me the book by Stephen Ray, Crossing the Tiber. And by the way, Al Crest is prominently mentioned in that book, and I just was with him last week in Ann Arbor. And you sent me that book. And the thing that I think that I discovered in that, too, was the early church fathers. When you read the writings of the early fathers, you'll see that the early church... The primitive church is a Catholic church. Yes. Oh, yes. And such, I don't know if I'm privileged to say that, but I am so privileged, so blessed to be Catholic, to be uh, formed here. And what a, how great to be so assured in where I am with God in the church. Amen. When I walk in in on you almost every time, you've got uh, one of the one of the, a great great books that you're reading, and you're going deeper and deeper in the faith. Yes, yeah, I hope so. Yeah, and so, uh, but I saw I saw such a transition in in your life when you became a deacon, and God used you uh, really a, a, a real beautiful homeless. But we want to talk about one other subject. The, one of the newest saints around these days is Saint Damien and Saint Marianne of Molokai. Yeah, tell yes. us about your experience when God God called you to Molokai. You have a you think about it. You're following in Saint Damien's footsteps. I don't. Well, I how many other Catholic ministers were there after him? You know, I don't know, but I, that's an interesting thought. I have to think about that. It might be so, but it was just a, it was a beautiful experience. To, the bishop would come, and we flew down there uh, one time with him. We met the to, priest. to the down down the, the highest sea cliffs in the world. Yes, below, down below there is where the leper colony was. Yeah. And uh, to go, and he had mass in the little chapel that Father Damien had. And just to see his story is just so moving, like how, and how he gave his life to God. And when he was dying, he said, I ask only one thing, and that is that someone will come every week and hear my confession. That was Father Damien. And you know, Dad, you know what today is? It's the it's it's Father Damien's uh, day. He's the saint of the day today. I didn't realize that. And you know, they call him uh, Saint Damien of I forget the name in Belgium where he was from, but we call him Saint Damien of Molokai. Yes, yeah. So they exhumed him to send him back home, and uh, what they did is they 
uh, removed one of his uh, hands that served uh, served the people, and that was reburied in that uh, in in the cemetery. And you know what? Uh, I live right next to Saint Augustine's Church in Waikiki, and just below my house, believe it or not, is the museum of Saint Damien and Saint yeah, Marian. Yeah. Just I mean, right next to my house. Yes, I mean, yes. it's I could actually drop a pebble and hit that that roof. So. Um, you know, Molokai is a very special place, and I think it has to do, we're going to go full circle here now, because the Ukraine had come under such persecution, millions of people killed, and yet I saw such a rising up of grace and love for Jesus in the, the Ukrainian community there in, in uh, Wilton, North Dakota. Same thing in Molokai, when you land there, you know, where there was so much pain and suffering, oh, yeah, you could but feel you, it. you feel the grace oh, of God, don't you? The moment you get out of that airplane, it's like walking, it's like being almost close to the Eucharist. I mean, it's just, you get off the airplane and you feel the presence of Absolutely. God in Molokai. Yes. And I think it's also true. So where suffering, where pain, where abounds, God's grace abounds even more. So let's talk about that for a moment. In your heart, in your life, you may see that sin has abounded in your life, that suffering has abounded in your life, that that uh, that you haven't lived the life that you want to. And right now, through, through Dad's testimony, he's calling you, challenging you to take that action step yeah. because he, no matter how sinful you are, as Charles DeVoe said to my dad, it's a come-as-you-are party. Amen. And where all that yep. sin and, and, and degradation you may feel is that God's grace is even greater. So thank you, Dad, for joining us on this show. Oh, what a blessing, Barry. What a blessing to be with you. Okay, and I'm so glad I told my dad not to say a single thing about how awesome I, is, I am because he <laughs> says that to everybody every, all the time. So I want to thank my, my dad, uh, Greg Wozniak, Deacon Greg Wozniak. I want to invite you to go to our website, deepadventure.com, and also our social media is uh, Deep Adventure on social media on Facebook. So you can go there and like us. You can find us on uh, our website, deepadventure.com. And what I love about deepadventure.com is it's designed to be an evangelistic outreach. In other words, you can go click on the area that says radio and you can share our one-hour shows and you can also share my two-minute uh, deep virtue segments, which are perfect for social media, by the way. But if you have someone that you w just wished had listened to the show today, in a couple of weeks, we're going to have that posted on our website and you can go there and share it. We have about 100 archived radio shows there with some just incredible guests. So uh, when you're at the gym or you're working out or whatever, you can go there and you can also buy my books. Uh, Deep in the Wave, A Surfing Guide to the Soul is available there. It's one of the top books uh, in the surfing genre, but it's really a powerful Christian outreach. I want to thank you so much for tuning in and for supporting uh, our radio show too. You can click the donate button at our website and help us continue to do this. Until next week, this is your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. May the breath of the Holy Spirit Aloha you. Aloha. This is Deep Adventure Radio. Hear archived shows. Buy Bear's book, Deep in the Wave, A Surfing Guide to the Soul. And sign up for our Wave of the Week email at deepadventure.com. For the latest news on Bear and Deep Adventure, visit us on Facebook and share Deep Adventure with your friends. The most radical thing you can do in life is abandon yourself to the wild adventure of God's will. Deep Adventure Radio.